Two things real quick. Uh, I've seen Team World, I've seen World Vision on the ground in Africa, and uh, they are the real deal. They really do what they say they do, and it's, they have a, a global impact. So I invite you to participate uh, with them in any way that you can. Secondly, uh, I, too, ran like Dan. It's one of the greatest experiences of my life. So uh, I would encourage you to think about maybe this is the year that you run the Twin Cities Marathon with Team World Vision. They'll be down front after the service. I'm going to invite Shar and Ryan up. Uh, I called an audible at the first service, and I'm going to do it again at this service. The, the passage that I was going to preach on this morning is so important, so fundamental, and actually I've, I've never heard a, a pastor preach on this particular passage, and I so wanted to get it into the DNA of our congregation here, and since uh, Mother Nature has given us, no, God gave us some snow, uh, I am actually going to take that message and move it to the first Sunday in March, and this morning we're going to do something a little unique in this this audible that I've called. Um, I'll give context for what we're going to do. We often do Q&A here at Faith Covenant Church. If you're new to us, uh, you know, usually two to three Sundays a month, we will do Q&A after the message. You can text in a question to that number right there, or you can write down a question on, on the Ask Pastor Brad card, which is in the seat pocket in front of you. We're going to be doing Q&A for the bulk of the message today, but I'd like to do it in the context of so what. Uh, we started a new series last week where we talked about uh, the, the essential question, what is the so what of the gospel? That's where we're residing uh, in this month and a little bit into the next month. Um, the context for that question, so what, though, it comes from a, a, one of the most enjoyable plane trips I, I ever took. Strange circumstance, I'll recap it real quick if that, you weren't here last week. <coughs> Um, a pastor friend and I were going to a conference in Denver from Minneapolis. We got into the plane uh, in Minneapolis. He took the aisle seat. I took the middle seat. Uh, and then next to me was uh, what looked like a businesswoman. And she was not a Christian. She was curious about what we did for a living. I said, I'm a pastor. He's a pastor. A little, had a little trepidation as to how she was going to respond to that. She uh, indicated quickly she was not a Christian, didn't buy anything about Christianity, but the next three hours indicated she desperately wanted to talk about Christianity, and she had a lot of questions. And the fundamental question she kept asking me when it came to the good news of Jesus Christ was, so what? What did this have to mean for her daily existence? She got the, you know, okay, yes, I believe, I understand you Christians believe about uh, eternal life. But what about the now? What's the so what now? So here's what I'd like us to do. We're going to do Q&A, but I'd like to do it in the context of that particular uh, question. Imagine this. You sit down in an airplane and you just happen to be sitting in the uh, middle seat between two pastors. And for the next, not three hours, uh, but for the next many minutes, you get to ask them any question you would, ev- you would ever like to ask a pastor about Christianity. And so, I invite you to send in a question. And Ryan, so if, if you're new to us, I'm Pastor Brad. 
This is Ryan, our worship director, Pastor Shar, and uh, let's see what we come up with. We had a rousing uh, journey in our first service, and uh, let's see if one comes in. All right. Uh, well, we can start with one of the ones from last service. Okay, we good. can. We may even. I mean, or if you want to wait. We can no, 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 no. Let's go. Right. Let's start from one of the... Um, so one of the big ones from last service, there was a theme of a number uh, of them. But it was basically, how do we as Christians operate or act in uh, politics? It was a busy week for <laughs> politics this past week. Yes. And it's going to be a busy year for politics. So how do we as Christians um, be kingdom bearers in that? Interesting. I, I haven't been paying attention to the news. Is there something significant happening? <laughs> I mean, allegedly. Huh? <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, we, I, I, uh, I spent a fair amount of time in the last service talking about this, and I will try to be brief. I try to, um, because I know this is a, a big topic in our culture, um, take, for example, this was over 10 years ago in this plane trip to Denver. One of the first things I had to do with this woman who was sitting next to me was I she was very, very upset and offended with the way Christians deal uh, with their Christian walk politically. And I literally had to say, any time that, you've, that, that, that the, the way of Christ has not been proclaimed well, uh, I am so sorry. Uh, so that was one of the main things she wanted to... She started with that. She led with that. And, and that happens often. Um, Here's, here's uh, what I... I'm going to give you a great gift. Uh, not only for this next year, for this next week, but for all the rest of your life before uh, either you go home to be with Jesus or Jesus comes back. Um, here's, here's your gift. Your king is the king of kings and your politics resides in the kingdom of God. Um... You are not called to be a Democrat or a Republican. Okay? In fact, I'll give you a, a, let's go even deeper with this. What if, for the next year, you say, I'm not going to take a side, either Democrat or Republican? All I'm going to do is follow Jesus. And I will make ethical and political decisions according to what I see in my King, Jesus the Christ. Okay, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is Jesus' title. He is the anointed uh, Messiah, Deliverer, King. And he's not, he does, he's, he, part of my message for this week is, he, he is Lord. He has power and authority over everything. So it doesn't matter whether it's George W. Bush, Donald Trump, or Barack Obama in the White House, they reside under the Lordship of Christ. It doesn't matter who's in power, uh, the, the King is Jesus. That being the case, uh, this king has spoken. Um, this king has said things like, um, turn the other cheek. And he doesn't mean that for the future. That's not an ideal that we'll never meet. He's saying, no, I would like you to turn the cheek now. I'm king now. I would like you to turn the other cheek now. Um, he has said, uh, I would like you to keep the marriage bed pure. I want you to treat marriage as a holy covenant um, between God and a man and a woman. I would like you to do that now. Uh, he has said, I want you to love your enemies. In fact, I'd like you to pray for your enemies. And uh, I would like you to offer your life for your enemies. And I'm not saying that, that some future ideal time, I want you to do that right now. 
Uh, I would like you to use your words in a way that is reflective of Jesus the Christ, of, of the way Jesus speaks. And Jesus wants us to do that now. And so, being the fact that we're not Republicans or Democrats or whatever uh, third party you might choose, but we're actually Christ ones and the church is the body politic of the kingdom of God, we get to say that is right and that is wrong according to the ways of our king. All right? So, for example, doesn't, again, it doesn't matter which side you're on. Um, if, if your side, let's say um, you're a Republican and um, uh, Donald Trump uses words in a way that are not Christ-like, you get to say, that's sinful and wrong. Right? Um, let's say Donald Trump does something good that helps impoverished people. You get to say, praise God, that's Christ-like. I, I applaud that. If uh, I, I, I picked on um, uh, Barack Obama and Donald Trump and George W. Bush, three presidents who all dropped bombs that killed civilians, you get to say, that's sinful. That's wrong. Now you might say, well, okay, I, that's... But that did something good. That's the lesser of two evils. Okay, just hear what you said. See, the lesser of two evils is still evil, right? So whenever we do the, quote, lesser of two evils, let's call it what it is. Let's call it sin and let's mourn it. Let's not make an excuse by it, okay? And so this is a great gift. As you move through this next year and you think about all that's going to happen, you get to say, I follow Jesus, that's what we do here at Faith Covenant Church. We're, we're disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus. And, and the king is king of the whole universe. And he wins by the end. That's part of my message, but we'll get to that in March. How about another one? All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going uh, to throw this one to Char. Good. All right, Char, let's say we're sitting on an airplane. And I am an agnostic, Can you meaning, put that right there meaning that I believe that, you know, there might be a God, there might not be a God, who's to say? And so I look at you and I say, Shar, um, you believe that God is good, that God created the world good. Why is there so much evil in the world? Why is there so much um, destruction, pain, suffering? Why is there all of that, even though you claim God is good? That's an excellent question. And if I was sitting next to you on a plane, I would look you in the eye and talk to you and answer you that question. But since we're in the pretend that, so <laughs> I'm not going to look you in the eye and answer your question. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a pretty common question, too. Um, and it's an important one um, that I think a lot of people in the world do ask. Um, and I think, so if you think of love, so God didn't, God didn't need us, right? He didn't, he didn't need us. He chose to create us out of love. So my husband and I have two kids, Kyle and Erica. They are both young adults. They are living out of the home. Um, we didn't need to have kids. Kirk and I are fine. We were fine. We loved each other. We chose to have kids, and we love our kids. And from the, from the moment that they were born, they were um, individuals, and 
there's no guarantee when you have kids that your kids will love you back when they're older, that they will believe what you believe, that they will follow what you follow, that you, they will listen and obey you. There's no guarantees. You have, to, you have to have kids with an open hand and just love them. If we didn't have our kids, there wouldn't be a Kyle for me to love and there wouldn't be an Erica for me to love. And no matter what happens, that's worth it. So if you think of God a gazillion times more from that, he chose to create us. But he didn't uh, because of love, because he wanted to love you. He wanted to love you forever. Um, But he also didn't create you as a puppet that would automatically love him back, because that's not love. If somebody paid Kirk a million bucks and said, you've got to spend your life with this gal and love her, well, okay, <laughs> that's not really, that's not love if it's not a free choice. So God gave us the choice to love him back and free will to make decisions that, that either love him back or don't and submit to him or don't. And he gave us that choice, and we chose wrongly. <laughs> we chose poorly, and because of our choice, sin entered the world. And there is, there is sin in this world. It doesn't mean God loves us any less. It doesn't mean God's any less involved in our lives. Um, he deeply cares about us and walks, through, walks with us in the middle of this messy world that we have created. <laughs> and he loves us anyway for all of eternity. So, um, so if I can push a little bit on that. Um, so if this God, then who you claim is also all-powerful, then why doesn't he just make all pain and suffering and everything go away? Like, um, you know, there's, there's, of course, decisions that I can do that you can make that cause pain and hurt. But, like, why do hurricanes rip apart nations and why are there, uh, why are there diseases and all of that stuff? That's a good question. Um, all of humanity fell. All, all of creation fell. I'm sorry, not just humanity, but everything, everything fell. Um, creating food, planting food for his family was no longer an easy thing for Adam. Even the ground produced things that, that make it difficult. So even all of creation, animals, all of everything that, that there is in the created order is also fallen. Does that answer that? Part of it. <laughs> I would assume so. We can we can ask this person, uh, Brad. Yes. All right. There has been a lot of um, uh, there has been a lot of hurt caused by the church by Christians in the name of God throughout throughout uh, throughout history. I mean, yep. think of the Crusades. Think mm-hmm. of um, yeah, you know. Um, so how do we deal with that? How do we how do we deal mm-hmm. with uh, the hurt done in the name of the church? Um, well, uh, my first instinct regarding the last question and that question is, let's start with the fact that the Bible tells a very honest story. A, that's either a bomb or a ball. <laughs> it's a ball. Good. This <laughs> is uh, something just rolled down the center aisle. <laughs> um, so the Bible tells a very honest story. It doesn't tell the story of a... You, you would think if it was all made up, it would have written it completely different so that all the people who put their trust in God, everything goes right and their lives are perfect and they make all the right decisions. Okay? The Bible isn't made up and it tells a very honest story. It tells a very honest story about a, a fallen uh, humanity that actually needs the intervention of its Lord because uh, of the the degradation of sin in the system. The system is corrupt. Our system, uh, our our creation is corrupt 
uh, by sin. You know, there's a, there's a glitch in the matrix, and it is sin, all right? Um, that being the case, um, and because God is love, and God did not create puppets, uh, God allows us to say yes to him and no to him, yes to love, no to love. And uh, even though we say no to him, we say no to love, God still chooses to intervene and redeem. And so the, 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 the nature of the story is a very honest story, is a loving God who have uh, creatures that live in a battle between good and evil, um, and, and, and that good and evil is that battles being waged in, in their own hearts and minds, um, that God intervenes to, uh, in, in his grace to save. Um, and that evil that we participate in or that we are victims of is to be repented of. Uh, it, needs, it needs a supernatural healing that I can't provide or you can't provide. We can participate in it, but only God provides. And so the, the church has done really uh, dumb things over, and, and we would say the church has chosen to do evil at times. And in those times, we get to call that evil. We don't have to make an excuse for it. It's sin. Okay? Sin is evil. Sin destroys. When Christ ones do sinful things, that is to be condemned. Uh, thankfully, we have a Savior who says, I will redeem even that. So how do we summarize all of that and say, share that with... Um, yeah, great, great question. So yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. So what? <clears throat> well, um, I guess I would say, if I was talking, you know, if I was talking to you on an airplane, you were, and let's say you were to share a story where... Um, so you'd been a part of some sort of child, uh, uh, church abuse or, or you'd, you'd been hurt um, or traumatized even uh, by Christians, I would say um, we get to call that what it is. That is evil and that is not of Christ. Um, my next question would be, so what is your response? What are you going to do with that? Does that mean that there is no God? Or does that mean that what you've experienced is actually part of the story? That, that humans are fallen creatures and they, they do sinful things. In, in your worldview, um, where you reject God, on what grounds do you call what has happened bad or evil? In, in my worldview... Um, we get to call that evil because uh, our God has declared that evil. And the evil that you've received or, or participated in and the evil that I've received and or participated in, um, the loving God has sought to intervene so that both of us might be healed and redeemed um, from the evil we've received and the evil we've participated in. What is, I, I would ask that person, what's, what from world, your worldview has a solution to this problem? No? So then what if this person were to respond with, um, well, I don't, 
see things that way. Or, you know, mm-hmm. sure. you know, sin in the context of me telling a little lie to maybe get what I want. You know, I don't mm-hmm. see that as wrong, but you're saying that that separates me from God. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, say the question another way, if you would. Um, um, so if I don't believe that uh, sin... Is a sin? Is a yeah, thing? Yeah, is mm-hmm. a thing, you know. Um, you know, there's no God, which means there's no sin that separates me from that God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're saying the opposite. You're saying there is God and that, and that everything that I do against that God, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. separates me from, from yeah. that God. Yeah, this, is, this actually is, is very reflective of the conversation that we had. Um, and uh, what I would say, and this is, this is an opportunity for you as someone, if, if you're ever with someone, um, having a dialogue like this, uh, this is an opportunity for you to, to listen and to value them, okay? So, so I would say in this particular circumstance, great point. Um, clearly, we don't share the same worldview. So help me understand, before I can get to that, help me understand how do you decide what is right, what is wrong? And then that, that would engender a conversation. Well, you know, I... Wh- my atheist friend would say, well, what is best for the survival of the human species helps me determine what is good or what is wrong. And my response to him was often, so if there's a, a child with severe disabilities and they are uh, taking resources from the community and making life hard for the parents, then from your worldview, is it okay to kill that child, so that the, the community's resources aren't sapped and the, and the, the herd can survive better. Um, and he always kind of struggled with that response. You know, so, but this is a response, this is an opportunity to ask good questions. Why, what do you, um, why do you think the way you think? And, and what, are the, what are the logical conclusions or assumptions of your worldview? Um, I have some in mind. You have each, each of them do. Every, everyone believes some things are good and some things are bad. Everyone. Uh, how do we get there it is, is a different um, understanding. It, it's interesting. In Christianity, sometimes um, we, we would say there are times when it is good to suffer. So the, the controlling... Um, and is not that which is pleasurable or makes me happy even. Um, if you look at the life of Christ, there are times in Christianity where it is good that uh, one suffers and offers their life for another. That looks like sacrificial love, which is the love of God. And so the, the Christian worldview isn't Necessarily convenient. Um, anyway. Uh, let's see, this next one. Um, so let's just say, for example, we're sitting next to each other on an airplane, and I say, uh, okay, Brett, that sounds great. Um, I'm a gay man, mm-hmm. and the church has been nothing but terrible to me in my experiences uh, with them and what I've seen on the news. So how do you either justify those actions or... Mm-hmm. How do you perhaps see uh, Scripture or understand God in a way that um, uh, still shows uh, love mm-hmm. towards me, but you know, 
I mean, not that you have to, not that you have to agree with me, mm-hmm. but um, in a way that still shows love. Sure. So first thing I would do is um, I would say uh, I would apologize. Um, I would say I am very sorry that uh, you ever experienced unchristlike love from a Christ one, from a Christian. And, um, and we get, I, I will call that evil when you've experienced that. That is not the way of Christ, and I'm very sorry. Uh, the second thing I would, and, and that would, you know, this needs a, a much deeper conversation than we have time for right now. Um, the other thing I would say is, I, I, I want you to know from, from the, a biblical perspective, um, you are made in the very image of God, and you're a, um, an, you're a, uh, a person to be valued and respected. And um, if, if this plane were going down, and I could somehow offer my life for, so that you could be saved, um, my biblical call is to save you, is to offer my life for you in the same way that Christ offered himself. Uh, you know, if, if a, an intruder came on the plane and, 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 and said either him or him, I would, it would be incumbent upon me to offer my life for yours. And, and the reason I would do that is because um, you are worthy of love. And, um, and uh, offering my life for you, I hope, would be a demonstration uh, of, that, of how much my God loves you. Okay? Um, and then I would say, you know what? Uh, I, my... Just listen well here. My, um, my main uh, prayer for you, because if, if, I'm a praying person, my main prayer for you is one thing, one thing alone, that you would come to believe how much God loves you and you would trust His love in Christ. And so we can talk a lot about... The, what the Bible says about all this, but if if you suddenly became a, become a straight person, biblically speaking, that doesn't that doesn't solve the problem. <laughs> the issue is not your sexuality. The issue is whether you're going to put your trust in this God who loves you so much, because only He can, biblically speaking, we call it um, only He can save you. Only or that means rescue. Only He can rescue you. And so I'd, I'd love to go on a journey with you. I'm, I'd be happy to, once we get to Denver, uh, you know, we can exchange information. And, and let's, let's go on a journey together coming to know Jesus. And um, if, if, if you come to know Jesus, and that, that's the main deal. Uh, that's, that's, where, that's the journey I'd like to... Someone once, real quick, someone once... Uh, sent me an email and wanted to talk to me about, um, you know, so our church, just an FYI, if you're new to us, um, we have what would be called a, we, we uh, would hold true to uh, one man, one man, faithfulness in marriage, one man, one woman, celibacy and singleness, but all faithfulness to Christ, okay? Lack of a better way of putting it, uh, our church and our denomination has a conservative view when it comes to marriage, all right? Um, that said, this person who wanted to engage me on this issue, um, I said, you know, I would far more rather talk to you about uh, what it is to follow Jesus. 
Let's talk about that for a long time because that's the main deal. And then at some point, if you want to talk about the sexual, human sexuality piece, we can do that. But the main deal is Jesus. This is a provocative thing. Write it down. People, their, their brains crash sometimes when I say this, but just hang with me. Um, if every gay person on the planet is suddenly made straight, every lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender person is suddenly made a heterosexual, that doesn't make them right with God. Okay? Only Jesus makes us right with God. So the main deal is Jesus. <laughs> All right? So that's where we have to focus. We cannot, the church's job is not changing sexual behavior. The church's job is to make disciples of Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God is that which sanctifies, which makes us holy. And the Holy Spirit of God, as we come into conformity with Christ, helps us move, helps all of us move in ways that are uh, God's will. Okay? So that's where you have to focus. That said, you know, if you want to pin me to the mat on where our church stands, I just did so. Okay. Uh, sure. Let's do one more. Okay. Uh, well, and on a good one, because I'm in the middle seat and I can do that. Yeah. Uh, so, Shar, uh, I have some understanding of the Bible, and I know that in the New Testament, God through Jesus is portrayed as as um, as loving, and you know, tells us to love one another, turn the other cheek. But on this, but but at the same time, I know that God, as portrayed in the Old Testament is sometimes portrayed as the very opposite. You know, like lots of war, lots of killing, some weird stuff in the laws, you know. So how do you justify those, those, two, um, uh, those two images of God or those two versions of God to be one and the same? Where it seems like there's one God in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. Correct. Right, yeah. right. Um, well, I, I believe that God is God and that there is one God and it's the same God in the Old and the New Testament. So um, I don't fully understand all those passages. Some of the, some of the Old Testament, honestly, is hard to read. <laughs> it's hard to read. Um, and I don't fully understand why God would ask his people to go into a place and leave no survivors. I don't fully understand that. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> we don't fully understand God's purposes and God's plan. But... It takes a reading of all of Scripture, Old and New Testament, to get a picture of God. You can't get a picture of God from a story here and a story here and a story here. There's a trajectory through all of Scripture that there's an arc, and the story tells a story and gives us a picture of God that isn't full unless you read the whole story. So that's a big part is to um, just have a commitment to reading all of God's word to get to know who God is. If you picked out a few different stories from my life, you wouldn't have a full understanding of who I am. Um, unless you knew me over time, walked with me over time, and heard my stories and understood the context in which I did certain things, we don't fully understand the context and the purposes for these, some of these things that are hard to understand in the Old Testament. Um, but that, again, that trajectory is in the full, the full scripture is important to doing that. I'll just add to that a, a verse... Um, from Hebrews 1. We've, we've talked about this over the past year. Um, I'll just read it this way. In the, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. It's essentially the Old Testament. 
But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. The Son, S-O-N, the Son is the exact radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So, essentially what that verse, that third verse is saying is, if you want to know what God, God is like, look at Jesus. Then, if you want to interpret the Old Testament well, Christians would say, or the First Testament, is Christians would say, we, we do so wearing the lenses of Jesus. Now, <laughs> you're going to say, I still struggle, Pastor. Fair enough. But the reason you struggle is because you're, com- you're, you're comparing uh, certain things in the Old Testament to Christ, which is God's intent. Have you ever thought about that? It is God's intent that you struggle with this. It is God's intent that you see the Old Testament through the lens of Christ, and thus, and, and thus there is a certain, ah, what's going on there? I mean, God, God is the one who produced the Scriptures. If, if, if the Scriptures are true, God produced the Scriptures. And so that tension there, we would have to say, is God-given. Now, what we fully do with that, I, it, you know, we've been wrestling with that for, uh, you know, ever since the, the canon of Scripture was put together. But I would say it's a gift that God has given us, actually, if you can receive it as a gift, to wrestle in that way. Again, I don't have an answer, but it, it, it's God's intent that we wrestle with that because of Christ. All right. Um, we've landed. Um, thank you for uh, uh, these great questions that you've given uh, Pastor Shar and me. And um, uh, if you want to continue the discussion, uh, listen to my blog. No, I actually, no, no, I don't, I don't have one. That just seems, sounds like a cheesy. Some books you want to sell? Yeah, me? very cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I would say in a context like this, it, it, you could say, listen, um, here's my phone number, and here's some contact information. Um, I'm not going to send you a bunch of stuff. But if you'd ever like to talk more, uh, I'd love to talk more. And I want you to know something. I'm a praying person. I know you don't maybe believe in prayer, but I believe the God of, of love uh, loves you so much. He loves me so much. He loves everyone on this plane. And there is, if, if that's true, then there's a supernatural way we can communicate. And I'm, I'm going to be praying that, that you find joy in all ways. And anything that needs healing will be healed. And uh, I, I pray that you will, I do pray one day that you'll see God's crazy in love with you. Okay? Let's pray. Holy God, we give you praise that you have seen fit to place us in this world. To put us next to other people and other people next to us. Your great design, image bears living in community, bumping into each other. Uh, Lord, we pray your Holy Spirit would empower us to walk this day, this week, this year with Christ as King, the lover of lovers, shining 
bestowing, acting through us in ways that point to you. We're grateful, God, for your word. We're grateful, God, for your spirit that, that highlights where we're getting it wrong and then also bestows grace upon us to redeem those places and those times and those actions where we get it wrong. Lord, get us all safely home. Uh, and may you be glorified. May, may what we've done now bear fruit for your kingdom so that others may know you are crazy in love with them, and so are we. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for uh, braving the snow today. What a gift it was. I think this was fun. Uh, I pray you were edified by it. Um, we are going to have Team World Vision down front. Uh, Dan has donuts. And so we encourage you to come down, learn more about that. Um, I'm going to invite our prayer folks who are here this morning. Uh, if you would all stand, I'm going to invite them to come forward. You both can sit down. I'll, I'll give a benediction. Um, before I do, if you're new, uh, please stop by the welcome tables, the blue high-top tables. Jill and I are going to be there. We'd love to give you a shameless free gift. We'd love to uh, shake your hand and, uh, and get to know you a little bit more. Don't leave here without that encounter, please. And uh, I'll give us this um, the benediction from the book of Jude, uh, which is just a one-chapter book, verses 24 and 25. To him, this is Jesus, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. He is able. Have a great week.